1: A happy new year to you and yours, Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, as we're set to go against the spread on this, the final edition of the podcast show for this 2015 football season. And with it, Victor, we're all set to wrap things up, maybe a little bit of a review we'll be doing about the college football bowl games to date. We'll touch a little bit on the NFL. We'll share with you our top NFL game of the week. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas, as we always do, and join in with our good friend Andy Isco to catch the Vegas vibe, and we'll wrap things up with our awesome angle and complimentary plays for Victor and myself on this, the final show for the 2015 season. And, Victor, if you can believe it, where is the time gone? It seems like just we blinked and we were just starting the football show, and here it is, the final show of the year.
2: I know. I love this week in between Christmas and uh, New Year's. uh, Always a fun week, extra bowl games, you know, I hope you and Colleen had a very, very nice Christmas last week. Uh, Sandy and I, we ended up going to the Hard Rock Casino again on Christmas Day. And lo and behold, I hit another Royal Flush playing video poker, Mark. Oh. Uh, actually, it was my second Royal Flush in the last 30 days. And I've just been lucky with these things. Uh, we we uh, paid off uh, enough on that Royal Flush that all of our Christmas presents were basically on the house this year. And... Uh, I just seem to have a little bit of luck when it comes to the Royals now. This is 15 Royal flushes over a seven-year period. It comes out to, you know, just a little bit more than two a year. And considering some people go through their entire lives playing video poker and not hitting a Royal, uh, it's been a, a lucky time with me with the Royal flushes. So we ended up having a really, really nice Christmas day.
1: Glad to hear that. It was really nice and I know your success at the playing those video poker games has been really really good. I don't know, I'd ask you what the key and the secret to it is, but uh I don't know, you know, what there is. I mean, is it just playing maximums, I guess, on every video game that you're playing and every play you're playing?
2: Uh playing max credits whenever you can and for me it's also playing as quickly as possible because you've got to play, you know, tens of thousands of hands to get that Royal to come back up again. So it's a combination of playing max credits and also a, a combination of actually playing uh, as uh, quickly as possible.
1: Well, we're fortunate to have the hard rock casino down here in South Florida. It's almost like a little Las Vegas for us. And, uh, you know, we were hoping that eventually it would become Las Vegas down here, but uh, the Seminoles own the state. And because they do, it's not going to be Las Vegas here for a while, but thankfully the Las Vegas, or I should say the, uh, Hard Rock, Seminole Hard Rock in Las Vegas is here. So anybody that does come to South Florida, you have to put that on your must-go-to list. And, Victor, talking about must-dos, the college football bowl season here, we're getting, uh, as we're approaching here, the playoff games, which will be played this Friday, the two big bowl games, and then the New Year's Day six games coming up here, right around the corner here. What have you seen so far, Victor, in the college football bowl games that have stood out to you as far as the results season to date?
2: High-scoring, high-scoring games. That's not surprising given uh, a fairly decent percentage of games prior to New Year's do tend to go over the total. I do have the numbers, uh, and these are uh, after the games played on Tuesday, December 29th. We record the podcast on Wednesday morning, so as of the time of this podcast, there's been 24 bowl games. And the favorites have a slight edge thus far. They've gone fourteen and ten for the favorites. But again, the surprising aspect is the um, two out of every three bowl games have gone over the total. There's been sixteen overs. There has been eight unders. We're off a Tuesday in which overs went three and one yesterday. One of those was uh, our four-star over the total, best bet in the Texas Bowl, and our King Crayle service so. Uh, We've done well in the bowls market, you know. We started off on day one of the bowls going one and two in totals plays, but since then, we've reeled off five straight over under winners in a row in the bowl games. The two highlights were the four star over the total in the Bahamas Bowl last Thursday on Christmas Eve, and then of course we had a four star best bet yesterday in the Texas Bowl with LSU and Texas Tech going over the total. So we're pleased that our bowl record is currently 6-2, and two, about halfway through the bowls. Got some uh, big games coming up this weekend as well. And in terms of best bets, your service has done well in the best bets. Also, Mark, it looks like I believe you've had two four-star best bets thus far. One was a winner on Duke on Saturday in the pinstripe bowl. And you had a best bet winner yesterday on Baylor in the Russell Athletic Bowl, when a lot of people were on the North Carolina side. You stuck to your guns with Baylor, and you won that one as well. And I know you got a really big bowl game coming up this weekend, but so far so good in the bowls.
1: It's been so good so far for everybody in the bowl games, as you mentioned, Victor here. And uh, that big bowl game I'll touch on it a little bit later on in the show is going to be our 10 Star Bowl game of the year, and it comes at a real good time for us because we just cashed our 10 Star. NFL play of the year last mm-hmm. Sunday with uh, Atlanta over Carolina. That worked out really well for our listeners out there. And one other thought here, Victor, before we move on outside of the college football bowl scene is that uh, a little bit of a, a smile, if you will, given the fact that uh, in our bowl stat report, we mentioned about the success that six win teams or 500 teams, teams that didn't have a winning record had met with in the past in college football bowl games, especially those that were underdogs. And lo and behold, we bring three, five win teams into the bowl games this year. And what happens? They each win their bowl game straight up the three, five win teams, you know, and it goes hand in hand with the theory or the thought of the theorem, if you will, about college football bowl teams and looking at the psyche of these teams and uh, I think the first thing that I always do, in fact, I know the first thing that I always do is look at the matchups and ask myself which teams are thrilled to be here, which teams are disappointed, and you can rest assured that every one of these five-win teams that entered into the bowls were absolutely thrilled to be there. They weren't maybe so happy about their five-win season, but they were absolutely ecstatic the fact that they were extended an invitation to go to a bowl game, and it really, really played out well in the college football bowl games this year. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creel Sports as we get into the card on this, the final podcast for the season on the 2015 card. And Victor, on the National Football League side of things, normally this stage of the season, the final week of the season, we'd be trying to tear down the NFL playoff picture, the scenarios, and all the possibilities that exist within those. But if we did it now, it would be a cliff notes condensed version because, for all intents and purposes, The playoffs are pretty much decided. I think there's only a few other deciding points that we'll be able to take uh, into account here this particular weekend. But your take, Victor, on these NFL teams as they move into the week before the playoffs.
2: Right. It looks like there's the the only jockeying going on in the AFC conference is that three teams are fighting for two spots. The final two spots in those three teams being uh, what the Kansas City Chiefs. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Jets, who, of course, can lock into the playoffs with a road win against Buffalo. That's probably a little easier said than done, given how difficult it is playing up at Buffalo this time of the year, particularly a division game. And the only real uh, hoopla or uncertainties in the NFC conference are probably in that NFC North division with a two-way tie for first place between Minnesota and Green Bay. Uh, NBC has moved that game to Sunday night. It's the flex game, so it should be a great way to end the regular season with those two teams already in the playoffs. But uh, uh, which one is going to win the division and which one is going to make it as a wild card? That's really the only drama this week in the NFC Conference.
1: Yeah, that's, that takes a little bit of the handicap out. And I guess we'll talk with, when we do talk with Andy Isco from Vegas, it, we'll see how that maybe perhaps ties into the thinking of the contestants that are coming down the stretch run of the Superbook contest because there were a lot of uh, variables that were involved in years past, but maybe not so many this year. And we'll see whether or not it uh, affects the uh, stretch run of that Superbook contest. And one more thought here, Victor, before we go to break, and we're going to tear down our National Football League game of the week when we come back after that quick break. Uh, In the National Football League, the big news here, obviously, was the firing of Chip Kelly with the Philadelphia Eagles, that happened—the firing of Chip Kelly on Tuesday—and uh, the football world appears to be stunned. I don't think maybe his being fired was all that stunning. Maybe perhaps the timing of it, right. or the fact of the, the fact of the matter of that—the uh, uh, reasoning behind it. And from what I understood, that a lot of the reasoning behind the timing of the firing is that they had sent out notices to season ticket holders and uh, about next year to renew their tickets, and they they wanted to make the announcement in that letter to the season ticket holders that chip kelly will no longer be part of the program and that's hence the reason it comes out early what's your take victor overall on number one chip kelly his effect on that philadelphia eagle football franchise and where eventually you think he might land whether it's in the nfl or back into college football
2: well in his case this looks like the revolution ended before it uh, ever really began i know that uh uh, owner Jeffrey Lurie w- had been considering this here for a couple of weeks about making some changes in the team's structure. Uh, the unusual thing is the timing. Normally this is something that would happen the day after the regular season ended. Uh, the reasoning perhaps being that maybe the Eagles get some sort of a jump on some of the hot assistant coaches who might be available, including a guy like maybe a Sean McDermott the Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator who once held the same title with the Eagles, but the, the why the experiment didn't work, I, I don't know. His methods, perhaps uh, his unorthodox methods, the tempo, the fast tempo, the practice schedule, the sports science that he emphasized so much. I know that that kind of took the NFL by storm, but, but some of the most important pillars of his philosophy basically failed to yield some positive results, uh, potential landing spots. Well, I would think that perhaps a, a team like Miami down here, maybe, maybe the Indianapolis Colts, maybe the Cleveland Browns, maybe the Tennessee Titans, you know, he's never hidden his affection for Marcus Mariota, a guy who played for him at Oregon. And in fact, before the most recent draft in 2015, if you remember, He tried to trade up to acquire his former quarterback but could not put together a good enough deal. That could very well be the number one landing spot for Chip Kelly.
1: I agree with you. I think uh, I, I have to make Tennessee the number one spot right now as we're speaking. And you know the Cleveland Browns, if they do let Mike Pettine go, would also be hot on his heels as well. And you're talking about Chip Kelly and uh, looking back at what he did or didn't accomplish with the Philadelphia Eagles. You can look back in, uh, in the history books and say, wow, this guy won 10 games yeah. two years in a row and they let him go when he had a losing season the year thereafter. But it was the turmoil inside of the Chip Kelly era in Philadelphia. The locker room was just completely torn apart and it began with uh you know with the measurables that he brings to the table when uh, when signing football players here and you know, measurables to the point where uh he would he had a list of qualities or or uh assets that players had to have that the wide receivers had to have a certain uh arm length they had to have uh, a certain height uh every it was almost robotic in a sense, if you will, what he put together here. And it just didn't fit. It didn't fit in the locker room and uh, it ended up being his undoing. And I think that and the fact that uh, he was oftentimes looked upon himself as being the smartest man in the room wherever he went. And that kind of uh, was a snub to the players in the locker room as well. So uh bit of to Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. I'm sure we'll be talking about him next year with another team. Inside the National Football League, I think he'll be in the NFL as opposed to going back to college football. I think most of the good college football spots have already been secured. But uh, like I say, next year, I think it'll be Chip Kelly back in the National Football League. And he'll probably be topic number one on the opening discussion of our first show next year. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League Game of the Week. we got a dandy inside the NFC Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
0: Need guaranteed. That's a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today.
2: Attention, all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including the Gold Sheet. Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, Pointwise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com.
1: Welcome back everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King and we're going against the spread on this, the final edition of the ATS Mark Lawrence show for the 2015 football season. And with that, it's time for our National Football League game of the week and a dandy on tap inside the NFC conference takes place in Arizona when the Cardinals play host to the Seahawks in what might quite possibly be a playoff preview type football game. Victor, your take on the Cardinals and the Seahawks this Sunday. The over-under line open at 48 in this game in
2: between, of course, the NFC West division opponents. It's dropped down a full point to 47 early action on the under. My comment in regards to the quarterback in this game, I know Bruce Arians is a very uh, popular guy down there in Arizona, but I think he's potentially making a mistake starting Carson Palmer this week against the Seattle Seahawks. If it's me, I have him watching in this from the sidelines in sweatpants and bubble wrap or whatever, but I understand, uh, that he wants to win the game. You want to go into the playoffs feeling good with a bunch of wins and I can grasp the obvious here. I know that with a, what a Cardinals victory and a Panthers loss, Arizona gets the number one seed, but I also believe Tampa Bay has a very, very small chance of actually beating Carolina in Carolina this particular week, particularly with Carolina coming off a loss. So let's not fool ourselves here. Arizona is basically locked into the number two uh, playoff spot. So you're talking about a quarterback who's uh, very intelligent. He's uh, 36 years old. And remember what happened to Honey Badger here a couple of weeks ago. He tore a ligament, what, on the last defensive play of a victory in Philadelphia on a non-contact play And in fact, that was the, what, the same night I think that Palmer had to, what, pop his index finger back into place on his throwing hand. Uh, You know that the Seahawks are going to be looking to, you know, take some liberties with your quarterback, kind of clearing their own path to the Super Bowl. If it's me, I rest Palmer. I don't play him this particular week. As I understand it, uh, and as we talk about it today on Wednesday morning, uh, he will play, and that's Bruce Arians' decision. And I'm sure that they will live with the results uh, in terms of the over under in this game, this has been a really high scoring series when the games are played in Arizona. The last 11 meetings in Arizona between these two teams have gone 10 and 1 over-under. Ten over under. 10 overs, 1 under. Average points scored 47.4. Now, I mentioned the line in this game is open at 48, it's down to 47. It is still the highest over under line in the last 14 games of this series. The year in which the over-under line was higher was way back in 2008 when the over-under line was 48. So a really uh, high over-under line. If you'll remember the earlier meeting between these two teams, Mark, they played uh, in what mid-November in Seattle, in which the over-under line was about four points less, 43.5 points, and that was a high-scoring game. Arizona kind of shocked Seattle net when winning 39-32 to on the road the over ended up winning by what four touchdowns in that game. Cardinals had 451 total offensive yards. Uh, Seattle had 343. So the earlier meeting did go over the total. Uh, on the season, Arizona comes in nine and six, one of the better over teams in the league. Average points 50.7 in Arizona games this season. Seattle, basically a split right down the middle team, seven and eight over under in the, on the season. Uh, 25.8 points per game on offense for Seattle. 43.9 is the average points in Seattle games on offense and on defense on the season. Uh, Arizona, you got to give them kudos for a great offense this year. In fact, they are the number one scoring offense in the NFL at 32.2 points per game. And that's about two touchdowns better than last year when they were averaging only 19 points per game. Uh, good for the Cardinals, uh, in terms of individual team trends, the last seven times Arizona has been installed as a home favorite. They have gone six and one over under. They've also gone six and two to the over when playing in the second of back-to-back home games. The Seattle Seahawks have gone seven and one to the over in their last road game, however, in their last five roles as Division Road underdogs, which is actually kind of rare for them these days to be actually taking points on the division road. They've gone one and four over under in this these games. Uh, game 16, the final game of the regular season in NFC West division games in the last three years. There's been one over and five unders when the home team is favored. Right now, Mark, I'm kind of waffling between over and under. I'm leaning under right now. We'll call it a slight opinion on the under if the line Goes down significantly more. We may revisit the game and take a look at it. But right now, despite the gaudy numbers and high-scoring results in Arizona, we could have a situation here where both teams really call off the dogs in the second half. And I still think there's a little bit of value on this game going under the total of 47 points.
1: Victor King thinks value exists in this football game to the under in the contest. Although, as he mentioned, in the world of overs and unders, he's probably more in the and part of that equation at the moment here. But the value appears to be the under in the Seahawks Cardinals football game this Sunday. For the Seattle Seahawks, they come into this contest here. The major motivator for Seattle will be unquestionably revenge from a loss they suffered earlier this year on their home field when they were dumped 39-32 39-32 to 32 is three-point favorites in that contest. It was also the only time this year, the worst stat loss, I should say, that Seattle's had or suffered thus far this football season. Taking a look at uh, what's working for Seattle this year, obviously quarterback Russell Wilson in a major groove. I go back and I open up my quarterback database and I find Russell Wilson just jumps off the database here, especially in the role that he'll be in this Sunday, both in with revenge and as an underdog combination of those two factors Russell Wilson 6 0 and 1 to the spread as a dog with revenge in his NFL career he's also 5 0 to the spread as an underdog in the second half of the season in the NFL coming into this contest here Seattle also has been a pretty good play in their final road game of the season when that road game is against a division opponent they've cashed seven of the last nine times they've been in this particular role What's hurt the Seattle Seahawks team here, especially last week, was the loss of their running backs here. When you have Rawls and Lynch out of the lineup here, they rushed for only 60 yards last week. That's the first time this football season that Seattle has run the football for less than 110 yards in any game, and they're going to have to get that number back up if they wish to stand a chance against the Red Hot Cardinals this Sunday. Talking about the Red Hot Cardinals here, and I agree with Victor here, I don't think. Carson Palmer should be starting at quarterback here. There's issues about whether or not you do rest your players here. And I realize that Arizona is going to have an extra week uh, in that sense to also get ready here. But you're talking about a quarterback in Carson Palmer that's very, very injury prone. And the last thing I think Bruce Arians wants to see is Carson Palmer sitting on the bench with a knee brace around his knee this time of the football season here. Arians has been outstanding in his career at this stage of the season in the final four games of the year. Bruce Arians 7-0-1 to the spread when he's coming off a non-division game. The flip side for Arizona, Arizona has really struggled as a division favorite when they're taking on an opponent that has revenge and is coming off a straight-up favorite loss, just like Seattle is in this contest. They're 0-10 to the spread in this particular role. You're also looking at an Arizona football team that is only 3-4 to the spread at home this year. I don't think people realize that. Everybody wants to jump on this red-hot Arizona bandwagon here. We saw the money pouring in on Arizona against Green Bay last week, and I think maybe a little of that money had to do with the fact that it was a possible flat spot for Green Bay because win or lose, Green Bay's fate was going to be decided this Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. The bottom line to me in this contest here, I mentioned it's in my open-up this analogy here, is that it is revenge for Seattle from a home loss. And you take a look at what Seattle's done since Pete Carroll's been the head coach. They've only lost two times at home in division games in Pete Carroll's tenure with the Seahawks in his six years that he's been with this program, both of those times in revenge from division home losses, he's won the money each time. I think he makes it a hat-trick 3-0. I'll play Seattle plus the points against Arizona for my side in this football game this Sunday. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas now. We're going to check with our good friend Andy Isco and get the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this final week of the 2016 football season and as the college football playoff games get closer and closer. Andy, how's everything going for you and how were your holidays this year?
3: Everything is wonderful. The uh, holidays were fine. I'd like to wish you, Victor, and all of our listeners the healthiest, happiest, and most prosperous
1: of New Year's in 2016. Well, right back at you, Andy. And uh, we've always we've enjoyed, I should say, tremendously your insight into the show this year. We've had a lot of really good, positive feedback. Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas for the weekly Vegas Vibe, and as you know, we've been touching all throughout the season on, on the Super Bowl contest, and we'll do that in just a bit here. But uh, Andy, overall, this being our final podcast of the show for the twenty fifteen football season here, what has been the general? Uh, take from the sports books on the NFL football season this year has it been a good year a bad year or an indifferent year for the books this year
3: it's generally been a good year, although I think there were more peaks and valleys this year than in recent years. Of course, most notable was uh, the week a couple of weeks ago when all the favorites come in and the uh, sports books uh, just had a horrible, horrible Sunday. And then this past week, it was pretty much the reverse, and the books didn't get quite all of it back, but they got a significant portion of it back, and we saw something like that early in the season as well, as I recall, back in September. So it's been sort of a volatile year, but overall, I believe it's been pretty much like years. Uh, In general, as far as the books winning a little bit over the course of the season, grinding it out against the players, Uh, nonetheless, we'll get those figures probably sometime in early 2016 to get specifics on that. But uh, nothing overly unusual other than the uh, high peaks and low valleys that seem to occur more frequently this year.
1: We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, and I encourage our listeners highly to go to his website, TheLogicalApproach.com. You can download Andy's weekly newsletter. It's just filled with tremendous stats and facts and information, TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, moving it over to the Superbook side of things here, and it appears that the leader, who has been the leader here since week number six of the season here, he's been like a racehorse who got out to a good start, and nobody's going to catch this guy For all intents and purposes, he looks like he's pretty much got this wrapped up. Am I correct on that?
3: Yeah, he pretty much uh, had it wrapped up last week, and I'd say if he were not to win this contest, it would, could be the ultimate and certainly one of the most expensive bad beats in history. He's got a four-and-a-half-point lead with a maximum of five points available this week, so he'd basically have to go 0 and 5 and the guys, and there's a two-way tie for second place, I'll get to that in a moment, would have to hit at least the one push or one win, one push to push him, one win to uh, get past him. So uh, rounding again needs basically one point out of five to, Uh, to cash this week and although it seems like it's impossible or very difficult for him not to win week 17 as i'm sure you guys have discussed is a very very tricky week when it comes to handicapping the nfl possibly made a little bit more tricky this season because basically all but one playoff spot uh, has been determined so uh, teams will be playing out the string teams will have a lot of different incentives or lack of incentives thereof so i'd still like to be in rounding against shoes quite a bit as far as the overall contest is concerned uh, he is fifty seven twenty and three that 's fifty eight and a half out of a possible eighty points. a total of fifty four contestants are in position to uh, cash right now. They pay the top fifty places and forty of them have at least forty nine points or excuse me thirty nine of them have at least half points. fifteen contestants are tied at forty nine points which would pay the final in this case the final eleven positions forty through fifty so a lot of jockeying a lot of room, although the field at the top has separated itself with of the top. Uh, let's see the top seven places. In only one of those positions is there a two-way tie, and that's for second. So the field, as we expected, has thinned itself out. Although there's a lot to be done at the bottom of the uh, paying uh, situation, the paying positions right there, uh, in uh, up through uh, forty through fiftieth right now. That final tie. As far as the consensus goes, the consensus uh, was two and three last week. That followed three straight weeks of going three and two the consensus winners were Saturday night with the Washington Redskins over Philadelphia. Sunday night with Minnesota laying a short four and a half to the New York Giants. The consensus losers this week. A lot of folks were on the Patriots laying the three against the Jets. They were certainly on the Steelers laying ten in Baltimore. And Monday night uh, got beaten by the hook, although I guess it was fortunate that Denver was able to come that close to covering as they were being outplayed much of the game. Denver was a three and a half point favorite. That was actually the number one a uh, consensus play for the week that went down as Denver laying three and a half, one by just three. Overall, the consensus stands at 43-35-2 for the season. That's a total of 44 out of 80 possible points. And I remark every week that it's been a losing proposition to follow the consensus overall if you did it after week four. 15 and 15-5 through the first four weeks, 28 Thirty and two since then, so things certainly leveled off. But got off to a very, very good start. But those who uh, were able to follow the consensus—consensus, rather, excuse me—over the last seven weeks went either three and two or two and three each of those last seven weeks.
1: An update from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com on this year's Superbook contest, which enters the final week of the contest this weekend. And Andy, speaking about the final week, you touched on this a little bit here about how tricky the final week can be, and with as the playoff picture being a lot clearer this year than it has been in years past. What has been the approach for the contestants in this final week? Is it it still writing these value plays out, or is it handicapping the the need that there was or will be in the uh, playoff picture here? Or is it just looking as a handicap in total to make your moves in the final week of the contest?
3: Well, I think if you're among the leaders, you want to play it as safely as possible. Not that there's ever anything that's safe, but you might take a look at some games where starters are expected to, uh, to rest players. Maybe a game like uh, uh, Dallas might be a situation there with Washington perhaps expected to rest a lot of players knowing that they've got to play in the wild card round the following weekend. Their spot is set. They cannot improve or worsen their seeding positions. Uh, others, uh, if you're in contention for a cashing position, you may take a few. Ch- uh, chances. You may lay some big numbers uh, that on Friday look a lot different than the numbers uh, or Saturday morning when the selections are actually due that may look a lot different than they do when they come out later on this afternoon, Wednesday afternoon that has the contest lines that of course remain stable. They do not change even if the betting action on those games does. So a lot of different approaches. If I'm rounding again, I try to find two or three games that I really, really like and play the side that I really like and uh, just uh, hope that I hit at least, uh, at least one push in there.
1: Well, he's speaking to me, I'm going to hand this over to Victor here because I know he wants to run a question by you on the show. But before I get there, uh, all the lines that were put out last week by Jay Cornegay for this week, so I'm sure there's going to be some movement in these lines here, based largely if no other reason, because of word getting out about which teams are going to be resting starters, which teams are not, so forth and whatnot. But as we speak with you here on Wednesday, any major moves that you've seen in those lines that Jay sent out then as opposed to where they are right now?
3: Yeah, there have been a, a couple of moves, and starting with the very first game, the New York Jets at Buffalo. Of course, the Jets now control their fate. They win, and they're in. Buffalo just playing out the schedule. Buffalo was a one-and-a-half-point home favorite last week when it was thought that the Jets would still need to win, but it would also need help. Of course, Pittsburgh lost to Baltimore. Now puts the fate of the Jets in their own hands as a result, whereas Buffalo had been a one-and-a-half-point home favorite a week ago. The Jets opened one-and-a-half and were quickly bet up to three-point favorites. The New England Patriots last week were expected to be a very short three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Miami. Of course, Miami was playing out the schedule for the last month-and-a-half or so. New England coming off of that loss against the uh, New York Jets on Sunday, looking to wrap up the number one overall seed. They actually opened up an eight-point road favorite. They were bet up to a a ten-and-a-half-point road favorite. That might be one of the games that the contestants get involved in as far as perhaps looking to make up ground by possibly taking uh, Miami in in that spot. But other games that showed uh, significant moves, we had the Dallas Cowboys. That game against Washington last week was expected to be a pick'em. When Washington won the NFC East with their win at Philadelphia on Saturday night and therefore locked themselves into the number four NFC seed, when that line came up on uh, Sunday evening, Dallas was actually a four-point favorite. That game has been taken off the porch because of the uncertainty surrounding what Washington is going to do, but I would still expect Dallas to be at least a field goal favorite when that contest comes up. Green Bay was a a 5.5 point home favorite against Minnesota. They opened up as a 3 point home favorite following uh, this weekend's action, so money coming in, or at least the initial opinion of uh, uh, the Westgate saying that this game with great significance should be priced right at a field goal. San Diego at Denver. San Diego was expected to be a a 9.5 point home favorite Uh, after Sunday's action and before Denver played Monday night, the Broncos actually were 7.5 point home favorites. After Monday night's game, it opened up at 8, went up to 9, where it was expected to be pretty much within a half point. Uh, St. Louis, their win last week at Seattle, they were expected to be a a 2.5 point road favorite at San Francisco, both teams playing out the schedule. However, it's crossed that key number, and when Jay opened the game up Sunday afternoon, St. Louis was a a 3.5 point road favorite, but perhaps the most surprising move of all, Seattle was expected to be a a 2.5 point road favorite at Arizona uh, this coming Sunday. That's what the line was last week. After the results of Sunday with Seattle losing and Arizona having their big whipping of uh, Green Bay, uh, Arizona opened as a a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. They were quickly and steadily bet up to a a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. That's a move of nearly ten points, and uh, even though there's been some concern or some concern, consideration that arizona may rest players uh that's not being shown as far as what this line has been doing however one other thing to keep in mind since about the middle of the season arizona may have been the first or second most
1: popular team all season it appears to be that way in the super contest we're visiting with andy isco from the and victor i know on our final show here you've got a question you want to run by andy as well Sure do, Mark.
2: I wanted to get Andy's impression on how last week concluded the Monday night game, Cincinnati versus Denver. As I understand it, Denver is a popular team out there in Las Vegas. They generate a lot of action, so it was probably a good thing for the books that they won but did not cover the point spread. But on the other hand, Andy, it was a teaser wipeout, wasn't it? Didn't any teaser combination win, favorite over, favorite under, dog over, or dog under, right? Yeah, it was, and of course normally the public
3: will play the favorite to the over, so the fact that the game stayed under probably killed more parlays than it ended up cashing, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, Denver indeed in the contest as far as the betting action as well, but certainly in the contest, Denver was the most popular uh, selection last week, laying the three-and-a-half, Cincinnati pretty much right in the middle of the pack as far as its popularity goes, so it was generally a good night for the books because Denver has been a public team, and even a lot of the wise guys We're on Denver Monday night looking that this was going to be the situation for them going up against a backup quarterback, Denver having not scored in three consecutive games in the second half. So I think the books did very well to uh, just put the exclamation point on what was a very good weekend and a much-needed weekend from the books considering what happened in Week
1: 15. Andy Isco visiting us from TheLogicalApproach.com and Andy, as we sign off on the final show here congratulations to you on your complimentary place on the show this year you have an 11-7 and 7 really strong winning record you won the last two weeks in a row and I know our listeners would love to hear what you've got on tap for the final week of the season
3: well, I'm going to go to a game between two teams playing out the string and uh, sort of with different expectations coming into this season and going into next season, and that's the game between St. Louis and San Francisco. St. Louis has won three straight games. A win here gets them to 8-8 uh, eight and eight on the season. San Francisco is playing out the string. They were expected to have a very difficult season, and indeed that's exactly uh, what they've had. But to their credit, even though they may be playing for a lame duck head coach, that's still uncertain. The 49ers have given effort over the last month or so. They go back to that, that win that they had in Chicago a few weeks ago in overtime. That was a big game for Chicago that ultimately uh, damaged their uh, attempts to make the playoffs. Uh, St. Louis has been a much better team at home than on the road, notwithstanding their win last week at Seattle. And in fact, that win at Seattle completed a season sweep of the series against Seattle. So this could be a little bit of a letdown spot for uh, St. Louis. Now they didn't go back home. They've been training out on the West coast, as I understand it. And even though uh, it's not, uh, The travel is not involved as much as it was earlier in the year. They've not had success going on the road following uh, wins this year. In fact, you go back even to week two when they were uh, coming off that initial opening week win against Seattle at home. They went into Washington. They were actually slight favorites in Washington and they lost the game outright. With this line at three and a half and San Francisco still playing very well defensively, neither team having a strong offense. So uh, I was initially going to look at the under in this game, but at 37, there's just not enough of a margin for error there, but I do think San Francisco comes with a very good effort. Wouldn't be surprised with the outright win. I think because of St. Louis's offensive difficulties, they may have difficulty scoring a lot of points in this game, so I will look for San Francisco to cover the three
1: and a half, possibly win the game outright. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com He likes the San Francisco 49ers to end their season the same way they started it, with a straight-up home dog win over St. Louis on Sunday. Andy, a terrific job on the show all season long. We really enjoyed having you be a part of the show. We'll look forward to doing more of the same next year. And once again, I'm going to wish you a very, very happy new year and the best of luck to you in your days ahead.
3: Thank you, Mark. Victor, it's been a pleasure as well on my end. I look forward to uh, resuming it again next season, which will be here before you know it, the way things go these days. And, of course, Mark, I'll be looking forward to meeting with you on your upcoming trips
1: out to Las Vegas. Likewise, Andy, the same here back to you. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to put the final wraps in the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Victor and I with our top complimentary plays when we wrap up the final show here on Mark Lawrence against the spread after this brief commercial break.
0: All new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook App received a 5-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube, will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C U B E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your Cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans, football season is here and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week.
1: Alrighty, guys, let's get to it. Our final awesome angle of the week on the 2015 Mark Lawrence against the spread radio show this season. And we're going to go to a college football bowl game this week. We call our awesome angle Dutiful Dog. And what we're looking to do is to play in any college football bowl dog that finished the season 0 3, straight up and ATS. If they were a six win bowl eligible team last year, these teams wiped the egg off their face after their disappointing performance to conclude the season in an underdog role. These teams are now 11 and three against the spread in bowl games dating all the way back to 1980. Our play this week, our dutiful dog will be Penn State plus the points against Georgia in Saturday's Tech Slayer Bowl games. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King for the final time on the show this football season. Victor, if you would share with our listeners your complimentary play, and also let our listeners know what you bet on tap at the Red Hot King Career Sports this weekend.
2: Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, on a side note, I've really, really enjoyed the podcast this year. It's been one of my favorite football seasons. I got through the whole season without any heart attacks, so I'm knocking on wood in that (laughs) regards as well. And I think as far as our selections on the podcast, we've more than held our own also. Also holding our own, Mark, has been our playbook weekly newsletters. The Midweek Alert newsletter swept the board last week. Baylor and the Houston Texans in the NFL. And of course, this week's issue available today, the Playbook newsletter has got another 12 page issue this week. Final College Bowls, NFL season enders, basketball content. The Bowl Stat Report, also still available and topical. You can get that at playbook.com. And finally, the totals tip sheet, also our final issue of the season. We did sweep the board last week with our three games that went under the total. One of those was the show, the play we mentioned on the podcast with Carolina Atlanta under the total. We're pleased with the results. Regardless of what happens in this last tip sheet of the season, we've still had a profitable season, and uh, that's much better than what happened last year when we uh, kind of crashed and burned at the end of the year uh, due to some of the uh, medical issues that we were having. But with that said, I mentioned at the top of the show, our bowl over-under plays have done very, very nicely. We're now 6-2 and two in bowl over-unders. Heading into this day's uh, action here on Wednesday. And we've got a big one going on as well. I know that uh, you've got your big 10-star bowl game of the year upcoming as well. We've got a big one in the college bowls in terms of totals. Our five-star over-under bowl game of the year will be going this coming Saturday. And it will be available at the Playbook.com website. We're going to post it sometime on Thursday. So you can get in uh, and make your wager a couple of days early A big one for us, our five-star college bowl game of the year, and it's an over-under selection naturally. With that said, our final free play of the year, we're going under the total in another division game. And this seems to work uh, many more times, more often than not, and that is we go under the total in any NFL division game in which the road team is favored by a touchdown or more. It worked last week in the Carolina-Atlanta game. When Carolina was favored by a touchdown, that game went well under the total. It also worked in our other totals tip sheet play last week when the Steelers were double-digit road favorites against the Ravens, and that game went under the total quite easily by double digits as well. So we've got another one this week, and it's down here in South Florida. We're going under the total in the Patriots-Dolphins game. You know... Uh, it's been a rough year for the Dolphins down here since erupting for 44 points versus Houston way back in week six. This dysfunctional Dolphins offense has scored more than 20 points just one time in their last nine games, and they've averaged only 15.8 points per game in the process. Miami looks like a team that's kind of cashed it in a long time ago. They have the worst home red zone touchdown percentage in the entire league at only 33 percent both of these teams patriots and dolphins are off favorite losses in their last game this has gone 0 and seven over under last five years all nfl games both teams coming in off a straight-up favorite loss in their last game when the over-under line is in the range of 44 to 52 points and this game is certainly in that range in fact it opened at, what, 45 points, and as we speak, the line is going up. And I'm loving that, because with every half point the line goes up, I believe it increases the value of our under. The last time I looked, the line was anywhere from 47.5 to 48 points. We're going to wait for this line to top out before we make our move on the Patriots-Dolphins under the total. And remember, with all the major injuries on offense this year, the Patriots' strength has actually been Their defense. And again, I mentioned they're laying a lot of points on the division road, anywhere from, uh, what, 10 to 11 points. So here you go. This is pulled right out of the database. 11, 32, and 1. at 73% under the total, including 1 and 11 over under in the last 12 months. And basically it's division road favorites of greater than six points. For some reason, these games tend to go under at a very, very high percentage. And we believe that'll be the case this week down here in South Florida. Of course, uh, we've got the fact that uh, a recent pattern says to go low in the last week of the year for teams with very, very good winning percentages like the Patriots. And in fact, in the last three years, there's been zero over six unders, one tie game, 16 teams who have a current winning percentage on the year of 750 or greater. That is the case for the Patriots. So we're going under the total Patriots Dolphins down here on Sunday, Mark. Don't forget our five-star college bowl game of the year goes on Saturday. Of course, we'll have some NFL over-under selections as well. And again, once again, thank you, Mark. It's been a fun, fun season for me. And again, I mentioned it way back in our first podcast. Uh, I'm feeling good, feeling healthy, feeling rejuvenated, and looking forward to a great month of January in the NFL playoffs.
1: Likewise, Victor, right back at you. It's been a great time on the football show having you back a hundred percent full back at health and rejuvenated as well. And best of luck to you in this twenty sixteen season coming ahead, to the twenty sixteen year coming ahead. Once again, I want to remind our listeners that Victor's five star bowl over under Game of the Year will be available this Saturday at playbook.com. Be sure to put that on your wish list this weekend. Before I get to my complimentary play for the final time on the show this year, once again, I want to remind our listeners about our friends at MyBookie.ag, where a $1,000 sign-up bonus is still in effect. All you need to do is log on at MyBookie.ag, enter the promo code BOL50, BOWL50, 50 BOWL50, to be pick up your $1,000 sign-up bonus, or give them a call toll-free at 1-855-612-BETS. That's one 1-855- 855 And as I want to remind you also that my 10-star bowl game of the year is going to be released this Thursday, December 31st. It's all part of another 10-star week of winners from our Red Hot Late Phone football service. We cashed with our 10-star game of the year NFL winner last week with the Atlanta Falcons over Carolina. Included will be every NFL and college football bowl release I make, including the 10-star bowl game of the year, to get on board, log on to the website at playbook.com or give your office a call toll-free for the 10-star bowl game of the year. Week of winners at 1-800-321-7777. My final complimentary play on the football show this week, I'm going to confirm Andy Isco's St. Louis Rams play in that game against the, the San Francisco-St. Louis football matchup. And I'm going to also ride with the a San Francisco 49ers in this football contest as well. All the points, great points that Andy made in the football game here. I get a lot of help each week from my midweek alert football newsletter, which has also been on a nice winning run of late here. And if you look inside the stats here at this run that St. Louis Rams have been on here of late. They've won and covered their last three football games in a row, but yet been out yarded in all three of those games. And in fact, going back deeper, they've been out yarded seven straight football games in a row have the St. Louis Rams yet. They find themselves coming up as a road favorite into revenge in this contest here. Talking about the San Francisco 49ers, a team that refuses to throw in the towel. This is a team here that is six and one to the spread when they got a losing record at home and they're hosting an opponent with a losing record. St. Louis 0-8 straight up the last eight years in their final road game of the season. We saw San Francisco in their first game of the season under Jim Tomsula making his debut take down the Minnesota Vikings as three-point home dogs. I see them taking down the St. Louis Rams as home dogs this Sunday as well. Like Andy Isco, I'm on the Saint, or the San Francisco 49ers for my complimentary play for the final show this football season. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence for the 2015 football season. We've had a great time visiting with you. We're going to look forward to doing more of the same next year. In the meantime, I want to thank our co-host and good friend Victor King from King Creole Sports for all of his excellent insight on the show each and every week. Our good friend Andy Isco joining us each week from Las Vegas from the logical and Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next football season, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you once again to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.